Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. I'm your host, Crimson Minx, creatrix of Minx and Muse, a dark feminine playhouse where we awaken our innate magic through esoerotic dance and witchcraft. Welcome to the Portal of Enchantment. Welcome, Samara Saren, to the Minx and Muse podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I am fabulous, and I am thrilled to chat with you. So Samara is not just an active part of our coven, but she is also a Minx and Muse mystic. So we have mystics that you can book sessions with, anything from tarot readings to astrology readings to energy sessions. We even have like a, a sex coach um, who's actually going to be on the next episode. Um, but... Why don't you share with us your specialty, your mystics specialty? What do people get when they when they book a session with you? Uh, this is very exciting to talk about. Um, I do uh, energy work and I help people connect with their spirit guides. And I also do readings using Oracle decks or uh, like a pendulum and pendulum charts. Um, so there's a lot of different you know, aspects, but I find that most people will book readings to uh, connect with their spirit guides or to get energy work. Um, but lately it's been kind of even between like all three. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So I'm pretty sure our audience know what spirit guides are. What would be the difference between like, why would I want to book a session to talk to my spirit guides versus like a tarot or an Oracle type of set situation? That's a good question. Um, oftentimes people will want to connect with their spirit guides so they can um, get additional help or wisdom for whatever situations that they, you know, that come up in life. Um, so sometimes when we're doing tarot readings or oracle readings, we're basically tapping into our body wisdom or our higher self, or we're connecting with the energy of the circumstances, but we can also connect with um, higher vibration beings who have access to greater wisdom and can see things from a different perspective. And oftentimes it is, it's a sense of comfort to know that there are, you know, spirit people that are on your side and they're always rooting for you and they're there to help protect you and, and nurture you. I think it's like a huge uh, nurturing thing, a comfort thing. So you connect to the spirit world. And in fact, I was trying to think earlier, like how we first connected and we first connected because we had you and your paranormal partner, Sarah Wiccan, um, come and do a seance at the studio. This was probably back in 2019. Oh, actually that wasn't me that did the seance with her. That was a different person, but uh, she but, came with me when we did the Hakate workshop. That's what it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I knew we had some connection. Did you do a, you did a, um, you did a solo. Did you do a solo one with us virtually? Yes. 
Yes, yes. we did. Okay. We did do several. Yeah, <laughs> during yes. well, during lockdown. We... <laughs> yes, so we met you through Sarah, who you do a lot mm-hmm. of paranormal investigations with. She, we had done things with her. I think she ended up doing a solo one in the past, but um, that's neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> that's how we got connected because you do a lot of spirit work. You do a lot of paranormal investigations, mm-hmm. and so you are highly connected to the spirit world. When did that start and what does that look like for you or feel like to you? <laughs> uh, it started very young, um, very young, like in certain aspects, as long as I can remember, even as a very, very young child, feeling like the spirit beings that were around me to protect me and guide me and give me wisdom. And then when, like with so many people who are, psychic or sensitive uh when i started going through puberty then things just like exploded just completely blew up and so it, so it got a lot get, more intense because a lot of times you hear it actually gets shoved away yes or um, shamed have... out of people oh yeah. <laughs> yes it's very awkward and you learn how to kind of you know suck it back in and <laughs> shut down not say things to your friends that are, you know, wind up either scaring them or whatever. (laughs) So you would be in situations as a kid. Do you actually see, do you sense, do you feel, do you hear like how, how are you engaging with the spirit world? A little bit of everything um, or? Yes. A little bit of everything. When I was a kid, it was um, clairvoyant and then like just the, the sense of inner knowing clairsentience. And then I would also have prophetic dreams or dreams that would give me information. So I'd have like incredibly detailed, vivid dreams to where when I was a kid, sometimes I couldn't tell the difference between waking and dream. Like when I would first wake up, it would take like 30 minutes or an hour for me to be like, did that happen in real life or did that happen in dream? And then uh, when I got older, then some of the other aspects developed more and more. so I can even I even have the clear gustance, which is the the psychic tasting, the psychic smelling, um, pretty much everything. A lot of it, I would say, one of the the strongest aspects is definitely clear audience, which is where you hear things psychically. And then I also do get like a lot of strong like senses in my body, which would be like the clear sentience. Wow, for your were your parents and your family nurturing of this or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up in a very uh, religious household, very conservative, evangelical. So on the one hand, um, everyone in my family has uh, like prophetic dreams or they receive information through dreams. So that part was completely accepted. It was considered like a gift from God, and that's how God communicates. So that part was taken very seriously. It was nurtured because everyone in the family takes it seriously. But obviously other aspects, um, you know, would be kind of what they considered worrisome. So they're always worried that I was going to wind up like this. (laughs) (laughs) And you did. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. So you probably guess that they have those gifts too, but it's something they've maybe learned to turn off out of just because it doesn't align with their religious beliefs. Um, and when those, when the gifts do manifest in family members, they just immediately attribute it to, um, to God giving them information, which uh, actually, okay. you know, the divine is giving us sure. information through <laughs> our senses. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with it, yeah. but yeah, there, I think it, there's a little bit more to it. <laughs> well, everyone has the right and the sovereignty to treat their gifts as they please. But yes. I am so happy that you chose to open up to it and to develop it more because I think a lot of people feel like I, well, I know you and I know that you do a lot of psychic development and and cultivation. And I think a lot of people think that it just comes to you easily and effortlessly and that people are psychic or just psychic. And what I don't think people may be aware of is the fact that it can be something that you need to, to cultivate in order to strengthen and to connect with more deeply. Right. I completely agree with, and I am so glad that you brought that up because yes, um, a lot of people will be like, well, my psychic gifts are already like going crazy and I'm already nervous about it, but that's partially because they haven't been cultivated and they haven't been developed and you haven't like put them where they need to be and how they function in your life. They're like trying to come out these gifts. It's like you like refusing to use one of your feet or like one of your ears. Like it's just your, your body and your, your psychological state is going to rebel against that. But yes, you do have to develop it. And a lot of people will, you know, ask for readings and they just assume that we're all kind of like, you know, the equivalent of like circus performers, that we're always going to be a hundred percent, that there's no, there's no possible way it could be wrong or we're wrong. And then therefore we're a fraud, not just that like maybe part of the information was correct. Or maybe the information was correct and you don't realize it until later, or maybe just that portion of the information was incorrect. It's difficult. Yeah, because this is why I wanted to bring you on because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around psychic abilities and intuition and even spirit guides. So that was really, I'm glad that we got there right away because yes, something that I have found is for me, because I've had mm, a, a million readings during my life. I love having readings. I love working with different practitioners because I, what I find across the board is that there tends to be a truth amongst all of them, though there's going to be different information and perspectives coming through. Um, but one thing it took me a while to understand is one, there is no set in stone future. No one can tell you the future because it hasn't could because of free will. There are destined things to happen in our life. I believe that, but that because of free will, no one can a hundred percent read the future. That's the one thing. Um, there's likelihoods, there's highly likelihoods, but things can shift, especially if there's other humans involved who also have free will. Um, and the second thing is that spirit guides are not all knowing. Yes. Oh, I, 
a thousand percent agree with you. Yes. So well, let's start also, with the first one. I want to, yes. oh, sorry, go, go on. <laughs> and then I want to talk about the future thing, but say what you were going to say before I rudely interrupted you. No, it's okay. Go ahead with your question. No, I want to expand upon um, both of those. Okay. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, yes. Um, our spirit guides. Yes. I found out the hard way because like so many people I had, you know, read or heard, you know, these alleged, you know, spiritual gurus say that, you know, spirit guides are all knowing or, you know, that they're always high vibration, that they can always protect you against absolutely anything and that they're always going to give you the correct information. And that is so not true. It is so not true. They cannot a hundred percent protect you against everything. Sometimes they need help. Sometimes they need training on how to help you, you know, be better protected. And sometimes they, they do give in, incorrect information or it was correct at the time, but then to tie in with what else you were saying, maybe they're giving you information about another person, but that other person after they gave you that information, use their free will to change whatever it was that they were planning on doing or feeling or feeling. And also humans are, well, in spirit beings, we're incredibly complex, but our subconscious will sometimes feel one way about a person and our conscious mind will feel the exact opposite about that person. So what is true in the astral, what is true in the spiritual realms, like, oh yes, this person loves and adores you. But when, when they're awake and they're in the, you know, beta brainwave state, no, they don't. Cause they have all of these, you know, programs running like we all do. That is fascinating. So they're connecting into like what their soul or their subconscious is really aligned with when it's like, oh yeah, but here on the earthly plane, mm -hmm. they're being influenced by X, Y, Z and it's not the reality. Right. And it's not to dismiss the spirit guides. They're right. probably the most powerful guides that we have out there. But like, let's understand their mm -hmm. capacity. Yes. And, and we also, they're evolving at the same time that all of us are evolving. Like, it's not like they're exactly in the same ways that they were a thousand years ago, or, you know, the way that spirit beings don't exactly act the way that they did in the middle ages where so much, you know, information was written down, um, the spirit realm, the astral realms have evolved along with the living physical humans. So I think the most important thing is to not expect everything to be like it was written in books and that our guides are not infallible. And also uh, we need to get more specific with our questions so that they can also get more specific with the answers and so that they also know where to look. So now I'll say, okay, you're telling me like this person really wants to work with me like on a business project. Okay, but will you look deeper and see if their awake version of their personality, their day-to-day -day version personality also does, or is it just a spiritual desire? And so they appreciate these more complex questions because then they can start to learn how to answer things as to, to be more helpful. That's awesome and great advice. And so sticking with the spiritual guide thing, 
what is your experience when you're connecting to other people's spirit guides? Do you tend to see that they have one or many? And do these guides get along? Do they work together? Or do some of them go rogue? Share some of this. <laughs> I love this question. Uh, most people have between uh, three and five, I've noticed, that are around them like 24 hours a day. Uh, some people, you know, can have much more. Like I have much more because of the kind of work that I do. Uh, but in general, most people who are just like maybe coming into their abilities or just, you know, live in their life, they're going to have between three and five. And we also have guides that we share with larger groups of people. So we have our soul family guides and those guides will go around to all of us in the same soul family. Um, if we are working together in a coven, we're going to start sharing guides that will go around to each of those that would be available to the entire coven. So they're not just with one person. Do you notice, do we have any shared guides within our coven? I think we're, we're starting to develop it, especially once mm -hmm. you started doing the, the multiverse um, format, mm -hmm. then everything started to energetically get more and more like coherent and more and more harmonious. And now we're drawing in, um, some of the guides that were already kind of like hopping around to different friend groups. Cause we can share guides with our friends. Like I share guides with friends. And so now some of those are all coming together and they're like, Hey, we already know some of these people. Let's like be a guide for the whole group. So it is starting to take place right now, which is exciting. Very cool. So some of my guides that are, um, that kind of hop around, they are making themselves available to the whole coven and some of the other people in the coven, it's the same thing. So yeah, we're going to wind up with a really nice group. Oh, I love that. And then circling back. So do all of our spirit guides get along? Do ever them like be like, I think this, no, I think this, no, we should guide her towards that. No, guide them towards this. Um, for the most part, they do, uh, get along. Usually there's like an agreement made before the person, before we take physical form of like, okay, who's going to work together. Um, and they will, you know, kind of argue, you know, and like, what's the best course of action, but not usually like in a disrespectful way, but like, Hey, have you thought about this point of view? And the other one is like, well, have you thought about this point of view? Um, most people's guides will kind of like, well, let's think about this and go back and forth every once in a while. Um, we will get guides in the, before we're born to kind of match whatever it is that we're probably going to do in life based on our past life experience, based on what we did in the spiritual realms before we took on another physical form. Um, and sometimes we will make a much bigger leap or we will make a such a dramatic change that our guides will, some of our original guides will leave and then we will get different ones. So it could be for like, good or for bad. Like you could be going on this, like I'm going on this trajectory to be this healer and psychic and you're going to get guys, but maybe you got this terrible example, but this is relevant. Maybe you got a horrific um, head injury and it's affecting your personality. And now all of a sudden you're a big jerk. And you want to do like things that are really bad. So you might start getting different guys that are better equipped to handle that unexpected change due to trauma to your physical body. So obviously your soul would still be the same, but while you're 
in your physical body. Those, you know, changes in the, in the physical form can affect your personality. Got it. And your original guides are like, I didn't sign up for this. This is, this is, <laughs> or I can yeah. see if you're, you know, if say you're supposed to be going down a path and perhaps a guide is like, I am having a hard time steering them. I could see how another one could come in, like any like mm -hmm. physical body injury aside, it's just like, Ooh, this one's being a little tough one or. Yeah. I mean, and it could be like tough in a good way. Like some of my yeah. original guides were like, okay, we're reaching a point where I don't, I, I don't feel like I have enough wisdom to help you. So I'm going to switch out with someone who's got greater wisdom. And so they're still like, you know, spirit friends, but maybe not officially like a guide guide, but I, they are still like my spirit friend. Oh, I love it. You're like, just still hang out, but you don't have to yeah. like do the work. Yeah. Uh -huh. You're not like working for me anymore. We're just homies. <laughs> um, and how do your guides get along with your ancestors? Oh, some of my ancestors are quite, quite difficult and they're not allowed around. Um, <laughs> But some of the other ones um, are really amazing and they get along well, but some of them, <laughs> some of my ancestors, when they're interacting with some of my guides, because some of my guides are like, just um, maybe hard for like an average, you know, kind of non-magical personality to understand. They'll just be like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> and so... Maybe one of the other guides is like better equipped to handling, you know, like speaking to, you know, more sheltered human personality will step in and be the in-between. Some They will get overwhelmed with some of my so high speaking, vibration guides. Yeah, speaking, I could see that. Speaking generally, we have spirit guides and we have ancestors. So if people who are listening or just curious what's like the general protocol they're always around like and what are similarities what are differences that you've noticed between like generally when you're doing readings people's spirit guides and people's ancestors um a lot of people's ancestors um they do offer wisdom um uh, i would say one of the differences um is that they they really are still very connected to whatever personality they had in life. Um, so that, that personality and all of its faults and all of its great qualities will still come through. So sometimes they can be, I would say like a little bit more likely to maybe be inaccurate. That's not always the case. Um, whereas with guides, they, they, when spirits are, about to become a guide for a person it's from what I understand they kind of go through like this process of like so it's sort of like training <laughs> they go through like a training course of some kind <laughs> so that they can you know be a better counselor or protector or you know and then like how to you know deal with us when we're in these physical bodies you know whereas ancestors are gonna go around to each family member um, you know, we have, then we have our like close guides and they're just with us 24 seven. So that's another difference is ancestors will circulate through the family, you know, when Got needed. You. they, they, um, 
I don't want to say they're like lower vibration because I don't mean this like in a bad way, but a lot of our spirit guides are kind of have like a little bit higher of a perspective. So it's really good to have both because your ancestors are more likely to be like, look, I know your guide is saying that that person really wants to do a business deal with you, but I was watching them yesterday and I don't think they're, they're just a complete unorganized mess. You don't want to go there. you know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I always think about it like, Sometimes, like the guys have like the higher, they are higher on the spiritual scale. It's just the truth of it. Yes. Um, so you can just think about that. And they have kind of this more bird's eye view and this more non-attached, non-earthly view, mm -hmm. which can be really helpful because they're not bringing their own personal biases and all right. that. But sometimes they don't get things, earthly things that ancestors will get where they'll be like, don't worry about the money. And you're like, but I need to worry about the money or like to worry about time. Like I feel like ancestors get like money and time mm -hmm. and, and emotions and things like that. And they can be yes. a bit more like pra for practical matters. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's so important to have the combination of the two. Yeah. Because yeah, you're, Absolutely. you know, great uncle or whoever or your great great grandmother will be like, yeah, 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 it's all well and good, but why don't you get a part time job in the meantime? You know, whereas your spirit yes. guide's like, oh, I see in your future that you're going to have, you know, a lot of success. So it, they help bridge yeah. the gap, but then they can also be like, oh, are you going to eat that? I think you already gained enough weight. This, whereas your spirit guide <laughs> would not do that. <laughs> like they yeah, can be really rude sometimes too. <laughs> Yeah, like when are you having a baby? Like I that's like mm -hmm. my that's a great example. My ancestors want me to have a baby. My spirit guides are like, you're not you're fine. You don't you're not supposed to have a baby. You don't need to have a baby. That's not a thing. Right. But that's gonna be yeah. a thing of like it's like a nagging mom sometimes. Or just like plain <laughs> rude. Like some of mine are like, I can't believe you're doing this kind of stuff. I can't believe you're doing this kind of work that's so you know, anti-Christian and you're evil. And I'm like, and yet you're here talking to me and I can hear you. <laughs> you don't see the irony? <laughs> like, <sighs> Have you ever been able to like expand their mindset of your ancestors? Yes. I, I think that the, um, what I'm finding is that some of them were a lot more open-minded than I ever suspected when they were living. And I think they just got caught up in that, oh, I have to behave in this certain way in this society that I was raised in, in the society I lived in. And now that they're on the other side, um, a lot of them are like way more chill than I would have expected. I'm like, so do you have a problem? And they're like, oh, no, no, I fully support you. I had no idea that everything was like this. This is so weird and so <laughs> so exciting and so different than I expected. And then they just totally get into it. And then some of the other ones are, nah, they just kind of have to be like, okay, you're not allowed around me. Wow. That's so fascinating. And so we talked about spirit guides. We talked about ancestors. Are there any other spiritual beings around us that you'd like to mention? Oh, yes. Um, I would just like to mention to you all the listeners that it's not just ancestors or like uh, spirit beings who used to be humans. Um, people also have angels, fairy beings, um, jinn in some cases, which I know will get some listeners really riled up, uh, um, like all, all types uh, of beings. And there's also hybrid beings, which is very unexpected. I wasn't expecting it when I first found out. 
um, that there are certain spirit beings that can be like a um, a mixture of like angelic vibes and human vibes or like fairy and human or fairy and angel and you get this uh, these like really cool mixtures because just like uh, you know in the physical realm there's a lot of inter intermingling of different types of people uh, from different you know cultures and what have you and then in the spirit realm apparently that's going on too because there's a lot more mixing than than what I expected when I was first <laughs> learning about all of this uh, now I'm just picturing like ancestor and angel fucking and it just got real weird in my head so <laughs> that's that's probably not gonna happen the gin <laughs> and your ancestor no okay so no no generally generally it's not like that but yeah <laughs> But yeah, there are there are spirit beings, and you're like, are you? You kind of feel like an angel, but you, but you kind of feel like you know one of the fae, and they're like, actually, I'm a mixture. You're like, okay, yeah. yeah, I love the open mindedness in the spirit world. What about um our pets and and like spirit animals? What about uh, like do they come around or? Mm -hmm. Because I know we have uh, we've actually had a lot of um pet loss recently amongst a lot of our witches so i think of yeah. some of them would appreciate this of like do what happens when our pets pass um they they do i have abs- absolutely interacted with some of my previous pets in the astral realm um and it's 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 very like heartwarming yeah they they are still there um of course some of them do move on into the light you know, into some sort of transformative process. Um, but oftentimes the ones that we're like the most connected to, like what we would call our like soul mate pets, a lot of them will still like periodically visit us uh, in the astral. And um, I've actually, you know, and I know that a lot of the listeners are going to understand this, like your pets will have a very distinctive bark or sound that they make or a meow. And you like know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's that one pet and I will actually hear that sometimes, like one of my previous pets making their very distinctive sound, or I'll feel them like jump on the bed in the astral realm, or I'll wake up in the astral and they'll be there. And then it's like, it's, yeah, it's oh, really I great. I love it. So you keep talking about the astral realm. Tell us what this astral realm is like. And tell us what it is, too, for those who aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, so every night or whenever it is that we go to sleep, Um, our astral body, which is like our, it looks just like us, pops up out of our physical body and is connected by what's called the silver cord. And then we go out and we have adventures and we bring in like cosmic energy and life force energy back to our physical form. So in ancient Egypt, it was called the Ka, which is like the gatherer. And the reason it was called that is because we leave the body, we go out and we gather information we gather energy and then we bring it back um so everybody astral projects we just don't usually all remember it and in fact you can actually be sleepwalking in the astral because you're popped up out of your body but your astral body is just sleepwalking around it's hilarious i've seen this happen um because it's different from the dream state yes yes it is. And you can learn how to function better. You can learn how to bring back your memories from the astral. 
Um, in the astral realm, depending on what section of the astral you go into, not to get too complex, let's just keep it real simple. We can you pop out it. every it's it's like an exact or almost exact copy of the physical realm. There might be like a few weird things here and there, like your lamp next to your bed will be different, but everything will be placed like almost exactly the same. Like if you pop up out of your physical body and you wander around your house, it's going to be the same looking except for maybe one or two odd objects. And I don't think anybody really knows why that happens, but (laughs) there it is. (laughs) And you can go outside, you can travel to other countries, you can go into, you know, forbidden buildings or what have you and explore places that you would never be able to go to normally or look at them in a different way. So you could go and visit the Sphinx or the Great Pyramid or Stonehenge or, you know, other places. Can you creep on people? Can you creep on like, I got a crush Mm -hmm. on uh, Joey over there and I'm going to go see what Joey's doing. Yes. In fact, that's a really good thing to bring up. A lot of us, if we are immensely preoccupied with like a place or a person. So like in this example, maybe we have this like mad crush on someone. Um, We will have a tendency to astral project to them. And then so in the morning or whenever it is that we wake up, we'll be like, I feel like I really connected with this person and I don't know why, (laughs) but it's because we connected in the astral realm and we just maybe not remember all the details or if you've ever had the experience which i know people have where you think that you really like someone and then the next time you wake up the next morning you're like ooh mm mm like uh uh-uh, no i don't like that person and you're like where did this come from what did this ha- you know how did this happen it's probably because you interacted with them on a deeper level in the astral and you're like oh no 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 I don't what a tool <laughs> <laughs> and what is like what's like the ethics around this if you're because obviously if you're unconscious about it that's yeah. not it's pretty beyond your control but if people exactly. were adapted the astral there's got to start being mm-hmm. like ethic around it because i don't want people coming and astral projecting right mm-hmm. now watching us or something you know like what's right what's the conversations around that because that, the idea that we all start consciously being able to astral project and all of a sudden we're just spying on each other that seems fucked up mm-hmm. um i find that most people once they learn how to control it um will usually only do this if they feel like they need to get some information to avoid being in danger or something like that um of course there are people out there who use it for nefarious purposes. Um, but most of the time we're doing it subconsciously. So yeah, you can't really control that. Um, and I've definitely had people come to me in the astral and I'll be like, you can't be in here. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're, you're astral projecting. They're like, no, I'm just dreaming. I'm like, no, no, you need, you need to go, go back home and I'll have to like shove them back to their body. But yes, if you can, if you find yourself in the position where you can consciously do it, then yes, you want to respect people's privacy, just like you would if you were in your physical body at the time. You don't want to, unless you feel like you're in danger, which I feel like that's valid. If you feel like someone is planning to do something really terrible to you, then absolutely. I feel like you completely have permission to go and spy on them. But otherwise, if you're just doing it to be a lurker or a stalker, 
just because you have a crush on them or just because you're obsessed with them or you want to make sure that you can steal their business from them or whatever, then that's, you need to like re-examine your belief system. All right. Do you think that there are repercussions? I don't know if it's like karmically or whatever, um, just like energetically unspoken laws about it because have you ever heard about how we know the governments used to have people do astral project to do like spy missions and have you ever heard that um i mean if you've been on any of the um kind of not conspiracy theory stations let's say but um that a lot of people who were engaged in astral projecting and remote viewing things like that for the government all died young in like very weird ways not like murdered but like oh this happened this happened and people theorize that it's because they crossed a a boundary of like the cosmic world of like you don't use this gift to like impede on people's uh, personal privacy. Have you ever heard oh, that? Wow, I haven't I hadn't heard that aspect, but um, I didn't know I we were going to take it there. Sorry. Uh, no, no, I love it. I love it. This is such this is such great <laughs> th- stuff to talk about. Um, but on the other hand, there are um, a lot of you know what would be called like dark witches or dark shamans, and they use their actual projection abilities well into old age for completely malignant purposes. So I like to I use the word either way. Baneful. I like to use the word baneful versus like dark mm-hmm. or black because I think, I think that that's that, good. Yeah. So there's like would be baneful uh, people who just mm-hmm. operate on that level and it's for like personal gain and not respecting mm-hmm. cosmic boundaries or astral boundaries or spiritual boundaries and Yes, I think that's a much better term. I, I use the term dark shaman because a lot, in a lot of the literature yeah. and on a lot of websites, that's how they refer to it. Whereas yeah. you and I and most of the other, you know, members of the coven were like, yeah, dark is good. I don't think yeah. that dark is bad. Right. Um, I just use that term so people know what to like Google. Talk but, about. Um, right. <laughs> Google that, but we're changing. That's something I'm on my, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I want to change that paradigm of like, what's because we are celebrating the dark feminine right and i don't want people to be scared of Mm -hmm. what we do or think that it's bad because we think it's fucking powerful magical as as all hell so but yeah there are people who just they engage in baneful magic and they believe Mm -hmm. that that you're not living fully in your power as a magician if you're not practicing like more baneful and that it's just Mm -hmm. you know the right of your abilities and i feel like there are repercussions for that though i think there's some laws that we may not be aware of there are definitely repercussions it may not necessarily cause that person to die early or it might but it could be their soul their soul there's definitely repercussions like uh, when i've been on paranormal cases and someone is being attacked by a spirit who used to be a baneful, you know, magical practitioner, then they're like tied into this horrible um, situation where they're basically like a servant or a slave to whatever dark forces that they used in order to commit all of the malignant magic that they did. And then a lot of them will get, you know, called into service, so to speak, to continue this like baneful work. Yeah, um, because you hear, uh, a lot of them make agreements. 
Y'all don't be making agreements with beings that you don't know. And I don't, I always think like, what could be so important that you would be willing to go into these like unknown uncharted territories, like making agreements with, with spirits that you don't know mm-hmm. just for what, yeah. for, for fame. I mean, they say people do it for fame. They, you know, power human things, but I want to hear do you have any good paranormal stories? Just you can just share like one if you have one of like ah <laughs> uh... oh yes. Okay. Oh, so many freaky things. I have seen so many strange things. I've seen stuff fly across the room, like heavy things. Like I saw a glass paperweight that was probably like one or two pounds heavy completely fly across the room. No one was even in that corner of the room. There was completely no physical way. Um, The times that I have lived in haunted locations, um, if a ghost, one time a ghost was really trying to get our attention and it was being a total jerk and it was harassing the nice ghost that we had. We had a nice ghost and then this other jerk face ghost came in (laughs) and one of the dogs was like right next to the, the TV stand and there was like a candle like on a little saucer. And so it, like shoved the saucer and the candle all the way out over to where it was like right on top of the dog's head, like up in the air. And it hovered it for like a few seconds so we could see what it was doing. And then, uh, then I feel like it was the nice ghost that like knocked it out of the way before it hit the dog in the head. And so then obviously we had to, obviously I had to get in a, altercation with that ghost i'm like okay (laughs) you gotta leave no Um, no more no more nice samara (laughs) yeah no you've ruined it mm, i've seen funny things happen and i've seen like just really terrible things happen where i've i've seen like people have um again our funny ghost our nice ghost put dog food in somebody's drink once because they said they didn't believe in ghosts and the dog food was in like a, a closet, you know, with the door shut in a bin with a lid on it. Like there's just absolutely no way. And they had the glass in their hand. They turned and looked, they looked back and then there was dog food. And I was like, you shouldn't have said that he doesn't exist because now he's mad. <laughs> um, but I've also seen like truly t- like terrifying things uh, where people are like getting like possessed. That's really awful. Uh, you know, being in places where you feel like you're just being like spiritually ripped apart, um, like seeing people like have strange body movements as they're like battling, uh, a malignant spirit. I've seen, uh, smoke go into a mirror, be sucked into a mirror. Oh, like that's not like that's not even that's not how mirrors but, work. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay I probably it was probably just a trick of the light like there's no I didn't see that so I went and I got Sarah Wickham who was on the case with me and I was like hey can you can you come in here a second because I didn't want anyone else to hear and I was like come into come into this room with the mirror and I was I held up the incense and I was like what do you see and she was just like it went into the mirror it got sucked into the mirror and i was like okay i wasn't hallucinating (laughs) 
<laughs> We're both crazy then, if, if, if that's the case. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. I, yeah. And so like the best things, how do you, what suggestions do you have for people to like avoid these situations or to make sure they're just not being influenced by these kind of less savory spirits? Um, not to, not to sound like, like I'm preaching at anybody, but, um, definitely if you are an empathic person or if you already have a tendency to have spirits come around, then if you were to um, use a lot of some kind of chemical substance, whether it be alcohol or something else, and if you do it to excess, you're definitely going to be way more open to them, like heavily influencing you. And also if you um, spend a lot of time in places that are heavily haunted and then you, you, you're not keeping your sense of self, which is basically like one form of protection. Um, then you, you, you might bring home ghosts. Um, unfortunately, there's always a ton of ghosts at bars. So if you go to bars, <laughs> um, which there's nothing wrong with that, but if you have a tendency to collect ghosts from bars, then you definitely want to have some sort of cleansing process in place that you do. <laughs> Every you know time I go, one comes home, tries to come home with me. I'll be like cleansing in the car on the way home. I'm like, no, you can't, you can't come home with me. You do like, uh, like white light visualizations or. Yeah. Just when I'm in the mood for or... Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll ask my, my spirit guides, which is another good thing. Even if you don't know who your spirit guides are, you can ask them to help remove the ghost and, and put the ghost in its where it's supposed to be. Um, some people also call on Archangel Michael, who is known to help uh, put spirit beings where they're actually supposed to be, which is really helpful with, with ghosts and other spirits. Because a lot of times ghosts are, you know, confused or, mm. you know, they don't know where they're actually supposed to be. Yeah. So if you're someone who, you know, gets into that vibe of calling in Archangel Michael or calling in your guides, that can be really helpful. I do that on the daily before I go to bed. Uh, I do a salt scrub in the shower and call upon Archangel mm -hmm. Michael. But sometimes <laughs> I know and, you know, I'll try to do the things. And sometimes I'm a proponent of just working with someone who does spiritual cleansings or who has gifts, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that's wrong to be like, Hey, like to me, that's just like a maintenance, like a energetic maintenance. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes it's harder. Um, so last time I did that, I actually, um, learned that another place that a lot of, um, people get attachments are at tattoo parlors. Oh, wow. I haven't yeah. spent a lot of time there, so I didn't know how many were there. <laughs> yes. Well, you, maybe you should stop by if you're trying to do an investigation, but I had gotten a tattoo recently and I, uh, Beth John was someone that I had worked with for this one. She's wonderful. She's done stuff with the cover before, but I was like, I just, there's something and I can't mm -hmm. get rid of it. Can you, you know, can we do a, a session? Mm -hmm. And, um, she was like, yeah, what did you do four weeks ago? This, I'm like this, this. And I, and, and then I was like, uh, and I listed so many things. She's like, no, no. And then I was like, oh, I got, I got a tattoo. She's like, bingo. And she was like, I see mm -hmm. it all the time because, um, you're, when you're in that pain state, mm -hmm. it's like, it's kind of like a break to your auric energy or protection energy. So 
they can mm-hmm. attach. So something to consider. I don't know, maybe do another, do a little investigation yourself, but that was my experience uh-huh. and that I had learned. That makes sense because um, hospitals are completely full of ghosts. I, I cannot stand going into hospitals like to visit someone or being there because I, I, I'm just like swarmed by them. Like it's awful. And that makes wow. sense because if you get an injury, um, it does. I agree. If you get injured, especially a major injury, it can make you more susceptible because of that breaking your aura. I just never thought of tattoos as being like right. painful enough to maybe cause that. Uh, but yeah, hospitals, I see a lot of people that get this wow. from hospitals. And a lot of times if we catch it early enough, just like with so many things, you can like cleanse it off pretty quickly. But if you don't notice it and it's like kind of gets really like connected to you, then yes, I agree. You do need a professional. Uh, obviously, yeah. that is something that I know how to do because um, I've been doing that. One of That's one of the things I've been doing the longest is getting rid of spirits. So. Yeah, I mean, it's something to consider. Ah, we'll book a session with Samara. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be shamed about. It's like happens to everyone. But if you are sensitive to it, and I love that you said before, be true to yourself or something, because that's when I have started to notice when, when you know yourself so deeply, you're like, I'm feeling things that are not me. And I'm noticing yes. things that are not me and I'm having emotions that are not mine. And that's when I'll go through like my processes and a lot of times, you know, just my regular maintenance will work. But sometimes there's, mm-hmm. it's beyond, but I'm, I know myself so well that I'm like, this is not a emotional reaction that I would usually have in this situation. And it's not that I'm like bypassing like, oh, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not me. That's the ghost. But, you know, it's just like, oh, this feels different. I usually don't feel this. It's still my responsibility to control those emotions, but mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, there's something going on. So I think that's an incredible point. And um, I know that I do that as well. I'm always like uh, on alert of, wait a second, why am I having this thought? Or no, I don't actually feel that way. Why am I feeling that way right now? Or, you know, so I think, um, like a regular self-examination is good, especially for anyone who's listening, who's like sensitive to other people, sensitive to spirit beings, like always check in with yourself yeah. instead of just going, well, I'm just having a crazy day or I'm just having a mental health day. Well, maybe you are. I mean, as human, physical humans, our brain chemistry can get out of whack. That's just, that's just part of life, but it's always worth it to just make sure that that is what's going on or, you know, check in with your spirit guides, check in with your divination systems and like, is it all me or is it like 10% me? And then there's a spirit being who's blowing it up out of proportion because they're trying to get a reaction from me to feed on. Yeah. Cause that's the whole point that people are like, well, why would they want to hang out with you? Are you that interesting and fun that they're like, I'm, I'm along for the ride? No, it's that they're siphoning energy. And they like to control somebody else. So a lot of the ghosts that hang around and cause trouble, obviously it's not going to be the nice people. But the <laughs> nice people are like, you know, in the in the light, learning how to be like a good ancestor, learning how to be a good guide. It's the jerks that are around and like messing with people. So like that should be, or confused ghosts, ones who are confused or and confused. they don't know that they're dead. But 
if they're like causing these terrible emotional reactions, it's because they like controlling you and they're feeding off of that power. Yeah. I mean, things to consider not to scare people. It's just, it's just, you know, once you get into the spirit thing, something that arises. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So interesting. Well, it's just like physical life, though. I mean, for the yeah. most part, we're going to interact with people who are pretty decent, but there is yeah. a percentage of the population that's not, and we're going to run into them. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. Totally. There's just some ghost Karens out there that are just going to be like, (laughs) and super annoying. And just, we do not want to be around. We do not want them taking our energy. Uh Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, I love, I I love hearing about like all the different spirit world potentialities. And I feel like you have such an interesting like line of work of, of being able to explore this and, and, um, connect with with these with these spirits what is one tool that you can suggest to us to help others develop their connection to the spirit world what's your favorite tool or couple ah um i would say um noticing what our thoughts and emotions and sensations are and also using some sort of divination tool, whether it's a pendulum, an oracle deck, or tarot. And then before you do a reading, say, I want my spirit guides to give me information. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I find uh, hypnosis and guided meditation very, very helpful. Like, that's one of my favorite tools to use, absolutely. Because I am a hypnotist. Um, and I've always been really fascinated by hypnotism and guided meditation that like by far is one of my favorite tools. And there's oh so goodness. many that you can find just on YouTube for free, you know, to listen to, to connect with your yeah. spirit guides to do a past life regression. Um, or you could also come to somebody like me who can like make it more custom for your needs. Yeah, because it kind of opens, does it open you up when you're in that state of hypnosis or deep meditation to having less barriers to the connection to the other side? Is that kind of the idea? Yes, it's more that we're not, in a way that we're so, we're not so distracted by all the external stimuli in our environment. So when you go into a guided meditation or a state of hypnosis, you're very focused. You're much more quiet on the inside. You're very focused. So then if if you're, you know, whoever is leading you through the meditation is like, okay, now turn your focus to connecting with your guides. It can be incredibly helpful because mm-hmm. we often get in when we're like deep in hypnosis or in meditation, we're like, oh, I'm just, fine. I'm fine. I'm just right where I'm at. I don't, I don't need to go anywhere or do anything. This is <laughs> nice. So sometimes we need somebody on the other side to go, well, that's really wonderful, but just, just gently turn your focus and and call in your spirit guide and you're like oh yeah this is really great <laughs> so yeah it kind of helps us find some inner quiet so we can pay attention to just one thing at a time that's awesome i love this and i love the idea of using of of changing the idea of using divination to connect with our guides um versus to tell the future so let's kind mm-hmm. of touch on that really quickly because we brought it up in the beginning yes. and this idea, I was about because, to say that too <laughs> yeah see because we're psychically connected sis um mm-hmm. but that is something I thought for the longest time like there is a answer in the future 
and I need someone to tell me what that answer is. So I go towards it. And that's not how it, it works. True. And I was the same way for so many years. And I would, I would get so frustrated with different, like, you know, psychic readings. And, and then I realized um, more and more that it is so variable. And I want to also bring in the next thing that's very popular for a good reason is all the timeline jumping oh, yeah. that goes on too. So yeah. not only are we trying to figure out what's going to happen between us and other people who also have free will in this current timeline, what if one of the people involved does a timeline jump? You know, how is that going to affect things? What if something else, you know, comes up out of the blue? Like COVID is a good example. A lot of us had these, you know, maybe like psychic readings beforehand, like, oh, this is how this year is going to go, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, the whole planet is like, whoops, different, different place now. And it's not because our guides were wrong. It's not because our higher self was wrong. It's that somehow, you know, this global pandemic came about and kind of screwed everything up. But, um, you know, there's a lot of scientific theories about how time works, about how it's not linear, like especially in quantum physics, like time isn't linear, that time moves forwards and backwards at the same time. So where we are, we're automatically interacting with the future and the past at the same time. So we're living in the after effects of the past and we're living in the pre effects of the future. And so, yeah, we can, we can do timeline jumps. The other person involved can do the timeline jumps. We can just use our free will to be like, this is where I'm likely headed. And I don't like that. And then switch our behaviors. So like if someone is, you know, um, got like a horrible addiction and they're like very like, um, difficult personality and they were to ask for a love reading then the person that they're most likely going to wind up with in that state would be someone who's like more in keeping with the vibration that they have but if they were like two weeks later they have a near-death experience and they're like mm -mm, I'm changing my life then of course that reading is going to be incorrect and they're going to be drawing in completely different situations oh my gosh so I have time is so complex <laughs> It's why, yeah, when people are looking like, tell me when, tell me the who, tell me the where, have grace that there's no answer because we're creating that answer and mm -hmm. recognize the power of your free will, which to me is like, wow. So like, it's not set in stone. So I can, it could be this or this, depending on how I choose to proceed. Now there's, I have this theory that it was way easier to do like psychic future read, like future telling um, about, you know, say 50, 100 years ago, because people were so predictable in how they lived their life. And people weren't mm -hmm. moving out of the town they grew up in. People weren't changing jobs. People weren't connecting to like, across the globe through the internet. So you had a, it was very, your energy was not very timeline jumpy, let's say. You were pretty much on one timeline. And back then, because it there weren't all these maybe different variables that we experience in modern culture, it was easier to tell the future. But now I just feel like everything's so kinetic and everything's so in flux. I agree. That's such a good point. I, I didn't think about it like that. And that is so accurate. 
Yeah. Because yeah. here at any moment, we could start interacting with someone halfway across the world, or we could receive a bit of information that we never would have had access yes. to like a hundred years ago to like yeah. completely change our life on a dime. Yeah. I agree. Is, That's such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it's like awesome to still do like when you're doing readings and you're connecting with your guides and you're, you're working with like gifted uh, psychics like yourself, don't focus on tell me the answer. Focus on, mm -hmm. I want to get here. What is the path I need to do to get there? And yes. don't, don't take it from such like a fatalist or um, predetermined perspective because mm -hmm. that's where guides and, you know, people like you can be like really helpful. Like, okay, you want this? Well, okay, now let's, let's tap into the guides and tap, tap into, you know, the, the Oracle and let's see how we can get mm -hmm. you there. Yes. And I do like to tell people like, based on how you're acting right now, this is the most likely yeah. events to occur, but you or the other people could change it at any point. Yeah, especially like that's why it's so hard when you're like, when am I going to meet my, you know, this is, I'm always like, when am I going to meet my husband? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, it's my free will. It's whatever person I'm connecting with mm -hmm. free will. It's the free will of those people around them that could be a, you know, so when the more yes. people, the more variables, it's like, oh, there's just no knowing they can't, you just have to kind of keep trying to resonate. Yes. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating. I have been given like an exact date where I was supposed to like, where something was supposed to happen. And I felt it like about to happen. And then something shifted at the last minute. Like I could psychically feel it. Wow. And my guides were like, I wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> You're like, damn it. So it's frustrating. <laughs> Don't focus so much on the exact dates. I'll use an example. Actually, I was giving, I don't do mystics readings, but I do do mystics parties where I'll do group readings. And I remember this girl was so like, um, tell me where to move. Tell me where to move. And I was like, you know, using tarot and, and tapping in and all that. And she, I had to explain it to her. I can't tell you where to move because there's not one place where you're supposed to move. But I can tell you that you're supposed to go to not a big city. You're supposed to be a small city. It should have a um, artistic culture around it. And it should be, it's going to be in, it's going to be like in the U.S. Uh, and like I was, it's going to have like surrounded by nature. Like I could tell her these things. And I said, now narrow down because it could be Asheville. It could be Portland. It could be, but you know what? It's not New York. It's not Chicago. And, and because mm -hmm. at first she's like, well, isn't there just like a right answer? And I was like, no, because you have free will, but there you're, you're being guided to you would thrive if it met this condition, this condition, this condition, and this condition. Mm -hmm. And so that's a way to think about it. Like a lot of times Absolutely. can't tell you the exact, but this is what your highest self wants. This is where you're going to thrive. And that's where right. working and with someone can be really helpful. Absolutely. And uh, because what you were just saying is there are multiple right answers. Yeah. So that's why we can't as right psychic answers. narrow it down. Somebody will be like, well, who is this person? I'll, I'll be like, yes, I see that you're going to be in a successful relationship in the future. And they're like, is it one person? I'm like, well, you know, it's like an archetype that we're tapping into 
And you're going to meet someone who fits into that archetype. So there are multiple right people for you. <laughs> I, l- I find this empowering. I hope people yes. hearing this conversation find this empowering and expansive um, that mm-hmm. there's not like they, they, they're on the search and they could, they, they're going to fuck up. You're not going to fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it, I, it is very empowering and it's uh, we just have to start asking different questions or more complex questions instead of just the usual, like, and like, more they, like they did a hundred years ago. Um, what's the first letter of the name of the person I will marry? You know, yeah. what is the, what we need to start asking more complex questions. Like what is the archetype that I would be happiest with? And then we can start focusing our energy on that archetype or what is the archetype that I need to go into business with? You know, what kind of, what's the energy of the company that I should work for? What are, you right. know, is it big? Mm-hmm. Is it small? Is it, you know, more right. creative? Is it more, you know, logical, whatever. So yeah, I love yeah, this. Multiple well, references. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, this is going to be a good primer for those who are perhaps like, trying to gain a deeper understanding about like how this whole mystic world works or who are going to get mystic readings, like take, like mm-hmm. be, be prepared to like maximize those readings by coming with this insight. So. Yes. Um, and for yeah. anyone who wants to, to develop their psychic skills, it does take work. You can't just say, I know that I have psychic abilities and occasionally I've been very psychic, but it's not like, Oh, the moment you decide that you're going to do it, that bam you're like at 80 or 90% accuracy. You have to work at it. There were months and months and months where I was literally working like six hours a night with another person to develop like certain levels, like in one area of psychic development, like you have to put in the work. Thank you for sharing that. Um, We'll have to have a workshop with you soon on, on doing the psychic development and um and have you back for a future episode because i want to kind of wrap things up with our final questions but i could talk to you all day and i already <laughs> have jotted down like 10 different topics that we can go into next time but yeah so so don't worry we'll have samara back but i want to to ask you the final wrap-up questions that we ask all of our guests um and the first one is what is your personal mantra or source of daily inspiration um i love this question because one time during hypnosis um i um i was asked to channel my higher self, which I think is so beneficial for everyone. And, um, I had the, the person, um, who was doing it, the session on me, asked me a specific question and the answer, which is now my personal mantra. And you can see it on my mystic page is there is more to you than you know, let it emerge. And that is definitely, there's so much unknown about ourselves. It's so many wonderful things that we need to let it emerge. Uh, I love it. And take the time to discover it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, next, what is your favorite sensuous indulgence? Um, I would say um, 
high quality incense and also like very luxurious baths. <laughs> like where you get all the good essential oils, all the candles, the whole aesthetic yes. going. Yes, I, I do love, love the, the sensual bath time. And then I also love to have like all the candles um, or even electric candles, but like really high quality incense going. I love it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an incense whore. I freaking love incense. I have it burning. I have it burning now. I have like 12 candles burning. It's just, mm -hmm. this. I mean, I also get the, the cheaper incense too. Not to, I'm not a snob. <laughs> I got the cheap stuff too. <laughs> you just got to find the good cheap stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. And final question, what does living fully in your power as a witch look like for you? I feel like it's, it's the moments when I'm very grounded in myself and I'm not like getting distracted through my empathy into situations. And from what I understand, that's part of being a projector in human design oh, is we can kind Samara's of like get, a projector. get carried away. So I feel like when I'm very grounded and I know what I'm feeling and I'm aware of the environment, but then also at the same time when I'm really connecting to my source or my higher self and I'm letting magical, powerful energy flow through me, that's, that's when I feel the best. So when I'm teaching or I'm doing ritual or I'm doing ceremony, or I'm doing a spell, something like that, that's when I feel that combination and I, it just is so good because I'm aware I'm in my body, but I'm also channeling this fantastic energy. Ah, what a priestess answer. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Samara, it has been so great chatting with you. Um, is there anything that left that you want to, um, anything else that you'd like to share or how can people connect with you? Let us know the stuff. Um, oh, there's so many things I could share. You know, you know how much I love talking about all of this stuff. Um, you can reach me on Instagram, uh, Samara, the energy alchemist, and I'm in the process of developing a website. So people will be able to go there and get additional information. But for now, uh, and also through the Minx and Muse mystic page, of course. So if you would like to book a personal reading you can do that or an energy session you know if you got a ghost on you or if you want to do like energy work energy artistry to draw in that perfect situation or person like we were just talking about energy artistry oh i love it oh uh, well you are such a gift i'm so grateful that the universe brought us together you enhance our coven so much i Aww. love and adore you and i hope that you feel that yeah. Oh, and I, I love, I love you. And I'm so glad that, that we met and I'm like so excited to be a part of this community. It's such a fantastic group of beings, such beautiful souls. I just love everybody in it. <laughs> and now we share guides. So we're bound. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Samara. Well, thank you so much. Mwah. Love you. Thank you. Bye everyone. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for the Minx and Muse podcast. You can find show notes and learn more about the studio at www.minxandmuse.com. As a reminder, it is our birthright to transform, expand, and
can safely exist as sensual, conscious, and empowered creatures.